Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Innocence Redeemed podcast. I'm your host, Ray Bergman, and today we're going to talk about a dream I had, but also where our faith really is. We all know what's going on right now. We all can see the war drums beating super loud. We know that all the stuff going on with Ukraine, we know that there's weapons being shipped overseas, we know that there's a lot of banter going back and forth. I'm not here to talk about the war and what's coming. Well, in a way, I will be talking about what's coming, but I did enough of that, I believe, last time with many rounds. Today, we're going to focus on faith and where our faith truly is. You know, there's a lot of people running around, a lot of believers running around, is the proper way to put it. And they're saying that the 144,000 is the rapture. Ladies and gentlemen, our focus, irregardless of what is going on, should be on Jesus. It should not be on the rapture. It should be carrying out his will and abiding in him. Running the race, which is what we are instructed to do. Think about it. If we knew when the rapture was, what would we do? We'd be thinking, oh, I'm going to pack my bags. I'm getting out of here. Not so fast. There are going to be a lot of disappointed people if they believe that. There's work to still be done. There are a lot of lost people out there. The Lord wants his sheep to be led to him. There's also a lot of refining that still needs to happen. That's just the reality of the situation. The church has done a magnificent job of getting people into inaction, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But we need to look at what the Word really says, and we should be studying what the Word really says. The Lord is anointing certain individuals to carry out His will. But the fact remains, nobody knows the day or the hour not even the son himself. So for anybody telling you, oh, this is the rapture, this is the rapture, I don't know if it's a fear thing where people think that if the United States goes to war, that that's the end of the world and that's when Jesus comes. Let me tell you something. America is not the end-all, be-all. But she is the drunken harlot, and she is under judgment, whether we like it or not. And if you look in your Bible, there are many instances of God judging nations, but the world did not end. And Jesus said, and you have to remember, that yes, war would come, but the end was not yet. He said, first they will deliver you up. And our faith needs to be in the right place. Our focus, our attention, it should not be on a rapture. It should not be on a presidential election. What we need to be doing right now is consuming as much of the word as possible. Why? Because we are going to need to be focused on the Lord and his promises and our faith in what comes. That is the only thing that is going to get us through. Time and time again, there have been words. I put them out, Glenda's put them out, that our focus only needs to be on him and what we believe. People say, well, I believe in Jesus. He's going to help me do this. He's going to, do you believe 
what his word says he'll do? Do you believe he will deliver you from the hour of trial? You see, people read that verse, and they believe that that is reference to a get-out-of-jail-free card like a rapture. And I hate to tell everybody, this is not an episode of Star Trek, okay? There are things that are going to happen, and a lot of the church, the truth is, they're not ready. This is not going to be pointing out the reasons why people aren't ready. There's, I've been talking about carrying out the Lord's will for months on end. Today, we're going to focus on where our priorities need to be and why. And more importantly, where our faith needs to be and why. I had a dream on October the 6th. And in this dream, I appeared to be in a different location. I don't know where I was. I know it was a two-story house and it had a basement. It seemed to be in a more rural area. But I was standing at a window. I was on a staircase. And there was a window midway down to the first floor of the house. And I happened to look out, and there was a wall of fire coming toward the house. And it was in slow motion in the dream, but yet it was moving fast, if that makes sense. I can't explain how it was. It was like it was coming quickly. It was consuming things, but yet it was in slow motion so I could see it. When it got to where I was, it stopped. It did not come through. And the window was open, and it did not come through the window. I felt the heat, but it did not come through and consume me. And, of course, I ran downstairs. I, I think my brother was in the dream. I ran downstairs and was checking in to see how everybody was doing. There were some other people there as well, but I sense they were other believers, but I don't know who they were. Um, in the dream, they were strangers to me. I don't know if we were staying with someone or I, I don't believe, though, that that was the main focus of the dream. But it didn't consume them either. Now on priorities and obedience, Joshua chapter 1, verses 17 through 18. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you, as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your command and does not heed your words in all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. Then Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the god of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know, we'll seek the Lord, not misplace faith in an idol. As a matter of personal opinion, reflecting on that dream, I feel that that's why I and the other believers that I was with in the dream, that is why the fire did not consume that household. That's why 
I speak of, where our faith needs to be, and who we serve, not in misplaced priorities. Now, when I first had this dream, I thought that this had to do with the remnant, but I prayed on it. I, I didn't want to just put out a podcast, and I didn't want to put a blog out sharing the dream right away, because I honestly wasn't sure what I was being shown at first. But I prayed on it. And last night, Sunday night, I received an answer. Because I kept asking the Lord about it and reflecting on it. And what I believe he said was, imagine me standing between you and the wall of fire. Because in the dream, ultimately what it looked like was a firestorm. It was just like a wall of fire. That's all I know. There's only so many things that can cause that, but it doesn't matter what it was that caused it. It doesn't matter what we're facing in the future. It doesn't matter the calamity. What matters is where our faith is and what we believe. So, in other words, Jesus was there. Though I did not see him in the dream, he was there. He was holding it back. It was him keeping me safe because he was with me. It will only be Jesus standing between us and whatever we face in the future. You know, it doesn't matter where you live or where you move or where you're located. You could be in the deserts of West Texas or the cornfields of nowhere in Iowa. It doesn't matter if you don't have faith. There ain't going to be no presidential candidate that saves this country, okay? Friends and family can't save you. Your church members cannot save you. Only Jesus can save you. In regards to the dream, when we take a look at Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, and just as a refresher, this was when Jesus was leading his disciples to the other side of the lake, and there was a storm that blew up. And uh, I'm reading from the New King James on this teaching today, starting on verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, that's Jesus, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? That applies to everyone right now. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Now I want to put emphasis on verse 41. Specifically here because about a week ago, I was doing some study and I believe I heard the Lord say, My people only need to fear me. What does he mean by that? 
it means that when you take into consideration the dream I described, and then Mark chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, where it comes to the wind and the waves and the storm, that if we are abiding in the Lord, and that is keeping his commands, remaining about his business, and what he's called us to do in the faith, and in active repentance, when we know that we've done wrong, he'll be our shield. He will be our God, who stands between anyone or anything that attempts to bring harm in the future. How many of you pray Psalm 91? I want to go over Psalm 91, specifically verses 2 through 11. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He is my God. In Him I will trust. Note the word trust. That's faith. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. That is key. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You have to believe it. His truth. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. Translation to all of that? You've heard it many times before. No weapon shall prosper against thee. Anyone who rises up against you, you will show to be in the wrong. That is Isaiah 54, 17. And there's going to be a lot of persecution that's going to start to come when people flip out because they realize they've been misled to think that they're going to escape certain things. There's going to be a lot of people who are not going to escape. There's a lot of people who need to be refined. And you're already seeing elements of the refining right now. That's why those of us who are here, those of us of the faith, we want to be putting into action our faith in what comes. We cannot be locking down in fear. There's going to be an initial shock. Okay, there always is. Anytime a big event comes, that's just human nature. That's a human reaction. I'm sure even I'm going to have an initial shock. But when you know your word, when you know the Lord's promises, it will be easier for you to contend with what comes. In that moment, you'll know where you stand. And then the days that follow after that, you'll know where you stand, and you'll also know that Jesus is with you no matter what you face. Going back to Psalm 91, verse 7, it shall not come near you. Think on that for a moment. 
Think of when Jesus rebuked the storm. Think of the dream I told you. He rebuked the fire, or he stood as a shield in front of me in the dream, and the fire did not consume me. What are some other verses we can look at? Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Think about that. He is my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. In that case as well, think on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When King Nebuchadnezzar was having them thrown into the fiery furnace, where was their faith? What did they say? They declared right then and there, the fire would not consume them. But even if it did, if that was the Lord's will, they knew either way, they were already delivered from it. And see, that's what faith is, believing you already have it, believing that you already have the Lord's protection. Regardless of what you see and what anyone says, regardless of what circumstances present around you, it shall not come nigh thee. It's what you believe. Do you believe that? Can you believe that? Let's look at another one. Psalm 28, 7. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart exalts, and with my song I shall thank him. Psalm 33, verse 20. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Psalm 84, 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord gives grace and glory. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That right there, Psalm 84, 11. When it comes to provision, you want to make sure you're believing him for that. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. You know, walking uprightly, that's planting those good seeds. That's living his word. Been talking about that for a while now. And I hope everyone listening to this has been listening to what I say. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Psalm 3, verse 3. But you, O Lord, are a shield about me, my glory and the one who lifts my head. If you truly have faith, you have no concern. Our Lord Jesus will be between us and what comes. God will keep us from the snares. We need to believe him, not just believe in him. And what I mean by that, going back to what I said at the beginning, he will deliver us from the hour of trial. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 10, who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us in whom we trust that he will still deliver us. 
you also helping together in prayer for us, that thanks may be given by many persons on our behalf for the gift granted to us through many. That is the salvation. And we should be praying for one another. That's what the family of believers is supposed to be doing. That's what we were told to do. I want to go back to the focus again. And this is when Jesus led his disciples. Now this is Matthew 14, starting on verse 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And Peter had come down out of the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw, this is key, but when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, and said to him, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? O you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why do we doubt? You know, just a side note, when you take a look at Matthew 14, Specifically, verse 28, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. The Lord has been calling his people over and over and over again to come to him so he can teach them that faith, to have that faith to walk on water so they don't sink. How many are being obedient? And because they're not obedient, because they don't have the faith, they're in fear. Do we get what the word is saying right there? It's just an interesting aspect to put into thought and to take it seriously, to put faith into practice. You know, if you don't have the faith, start praying for it. Start asking the Lord to give you more faith. Cry out to him and say, Lord, I need more faith. I'm concerned about what's coming. He's not going to rebuke you for asking, just the same as wisdom. But you got to ask. But you start by absorbing his word and understanding, praying for wisdom to understand it and believing it. Moving on. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And so you see, in that moment, Jesus showed his disciples who he really was that they could trust him, that they could have faith in him, that they could believe him, that they could trust him. He's asking the same from all of us. That's why in the beginning of this podcast episode, I opened the show with keeping our eyes on the Lord, abiding in him, abiding in his word, believing his word. Nothing else is going to matter if you are not putting your faith in Jesus, in living his word, trusting him. That is the faith. 
It is not in the world. It is not on anything in the world. We have to believe his word, no matter what. And believe that he is who he says he is. And believe that he will do what he says he will do. The Lord's word stands no matter what. Jesus said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. No one knows about the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Keep your focus on Jesus. Keep your focus on his word, his truths. This is why in episodes past, I had recommended everyone get a promise book. Because it was for the days that are upon us. And it is to get you prepared so you have those. Take notes for what you've heard in this podcast. Write down the scriptures. I'm going to put them up on my blog. You want to start memorizing those verses and reciting them continually and believing them don't just say them believe them believe him believe jesus and what he says believe god's word it will get you through he will be your shield he will stand between you and whatever comes and even if you lose your life your faith is where it needs to be it is in the lord it is in his redemption which draweth nigh. That said, ladies and gentlemen, I pray that this podcast was a blessing to you. Stay vigilant. Stay aware. Stay prayed up. Believe his word. May Jesus bless you all. And until next time, have a great week, everyone.